The Lamb is the light of the city of God. Shine in our hearts, Lord Jesus. Amen. What does it feel like to be called? Perhaps you've lived an answer to that question for yourself at some time or another. A faint tug on your heart, a nudge in one direction over another. Maybe you have sensed the life of the divine brush over yours and made a decisive change as a consequence. That was certainly true of my sense of call to this parish. I was sitting in our living room in San Diego, ensconced in my charming parish community just a few blocks from the glorious beauty of the Pacific Ocean. It's a bit further away now. When unbeknownst to me, God was planting a seed. I just finished reading the parish profile, all 387 pages of it. There's a lot about All Saints to say, so why not say it all? I read it very carefully, page by page, lingering here and there to let a word or a phrase sink in. And then I put it down on the seat next to me, looked out of the window and said to myself, I think they're talking about me. It was a stupendous thing to think at the time, but turns out true in the end. God had tugged the fishing line again. No doubt it would have been a lot simpler and easier just to have called up the senior warden that light night and let him know. But that isn't how call works, is it? The seed of our calling has to grow. The caller and the called have to arrive in the middle of somewhere new together. And that requires the willingness to move out from the familiarity of now. That was certainly the spirit of the call of Simon Peter and Andrew that we hear in Matthew's gospel this morning and beautifully illustrated in the middle window of our church on the epistle side. Follow me, Jesus asks, and they do so immediately. No question of where or how or even why. They just go. For at the heart of it all was not that they were able to know about the content of the call, but the nature of the caller, Jesus. The same Jesus who asks us to let go of our own grip on today so that we might take hold of the promise of tomorrow. As I've been listening and reading this month to the journey of faith that we have traveled as a church these past 117 years, I have been struck by how much of the call that All Saints has heard has been lived out precisely that way. From our vantage point, in hindsight, the path looks clear, consistent even with what had preceded it. Yet at times, it must have felt like a seismic movement away from the familiar in order to discover the new. Think back to Matthew Warren, who, as rector here in the 1940s, 
stepped out from the familiar as the only one of all of the clergy leading white churches in Atlanta at the time to speak up against the poll tax, the $3 fee charged to those who wished to vote in the Democratic primary that year because in his mind, it served to exclude people of color. A singular act of courage in 1945. Hard to know where that might have led at the time, but a decade later, Warren's bravery paved the way for Milton Wood, who succeeded him as rector and who joined half a dozen churches' senior pastors to organize the minister's manifesto, a small yet important step along the way to desegregation. Alongside Wood, as associate and fellow signatory of the manifesto, was Frank Ross, who in the 1960s and 70s set this place alight with his straight-line style of preaching, unrelentedly inviting this parish to wrestle with the questions of the day. Frank could never have seen the AIDS crisis coming, yet it was his prophetic witness in this place that prepared the ground for Harry Pritchard's ministry here as rector, that saw All Saints become a place of sanctuary for those looking for a church that would receive them as they mourned loved ones they had lost to AIDS. And without Harry's commitment to loving the neighbors of this city All Saints encountered in those times, Jeffrey's bold leadership that enabled this community to embrace marriage equality and the ordained leadership of all God's people, no matter who they love, would not have succeeded quite as fully as it did. The pattern of our history is clear. Call is not about the clarity we have today. It is about trusting in the faithfulness of the one who calls us into tomorrow and then having the confidence in faith to step out, even in the absence of directions for the road ahead. It is about trusting that following Jesus, our faith will actually take us somewhere. What then might we say the call is for all saints today? It is that we should have the courage to step forward into the future, willing to engage one another in honesty and love, to inspire one another to lead lives that are consequential for the welfare of this city, whether that be a life that impacts a thousand others or just the one sitting next to you right now. It is that we should celebrate that our heritage as a church is one that has lived into the words that Jesus cites from Isaiah in our gospel reading this morning. That for those who sat in the shadow of death, light has dawned. For the kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom where injustice is turned to justice, despair to hope, hatred to love, judgment to grace. That is the quality of our call. That is the nature of the one who calls us. As we discern our future in this place, as the saints of this block, let us also be willing to let go of the familiar in order to discover the new. Now is the time for us to look out 
more than we look in. Now is the time for us to see our mission and purpose as a church to be people who will embody the faith we proclaim in this place through our lives beyond it. Now is the time for us to listen deeply and lovingly and with the knowledge of grace in our hearts to those who sit in darkness all around us. I believe that we are called in this time in our history when it is so easy to create enmity between our fellow human beings to be bridge builders for God's kingdom of reconciliation and love. Yet to do so, we must be prepared to look at ourselves, our legacies, our life's journeys with honesty. If we are going to learn how to build bridges of hope and reconciliation in this city, then we will have to confront our past and the legacy of slavery and Jim Crow, of a segregated South, not only for the sake of ourselves, but because we still live in a segregated world. If we are to commit anew to the ways of God's kingdom of peace and justice for all people, then we will have to confront a status quo where millions live in abject poverty. If we are going to learn how to follow Christ here in a midtown that is enjoying such a rich renaissance all around us, then we will also have to ask what it means to be Christian in a metropolitan Atlanta that is so desperately short of affordable housing, where children struggle to gain access to quality health care and education, where people are locked into cycles of poverty and exclusion while so many of us live lives of incredible comfort and ease. Whatever we do together, whatever the legacy is that we will build on this block, I know that it will be the work of profoundly loving and giving lives. You are an extraordinary parish, a gift of love for the lives of so many, including my own. And yet we are called to more. We are called by a power beyond our telling, a life-giving and liberating love that is working God's purpose out even in us. We have all that we need. We are called.